Jason here with just a quick bit of housekeeping before the show. With this season of Discovery ending, we wanted to make sure that you still know where to find us. So please, if you've been listening week to week, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our Star Trek content. And though we'll be taking a break from the Trek in for a little while, we'll still be podcasting. Starting next week, we'll be covering Marvel Studios' first Disney Plus series, WandaVision, on our new podcast, Infinity Cast. We'll be spilling all sorts of tea on Marvel and pop culture. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at InfinityCast, spelled infinite a cast, all one word. We'll have a preview podcast on this feed and also on our new feed this week with a bit more information. And now, on with the show. Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is The Trek-In a weekly-ish podcast talking all things Star Trek. This week, we're discussing Star Trek Discovery, Season 3, Episode 13, That Hope Is You, Part 2. So let's get into it with the recap. On the Dilithium planet, Saru tries to connect with Sukal. Adira meets up with Hugh and Saru and provides them with radiation pills to buy them some more time. Due to the Hollow, Adira appears as a Zahian and Grey appears as a Vulcan. Unexpectedly, Saru and Hugh are able to see Grey. Saru tries to convince Sukal that he is also a Kelpian. Meanwhile, at Federation HQ, the Viridian is firing on the distortion field, and the Federation ships are firing on Discovery as it's still under Osira's control. From within, Team Tilly and the Zorobots are attempting to take back the ship. The Federation HQ's shields are about to fail when Vulcan and Romulan ships from Navarre arrive. During the tent standoff, a captured Burnham convinces Vance to let Discovery go. Discovery escapes going to warp, and Osiris shuts down life support to the lower decks, ensuring the slow death of Tilly and the bridge crew. Book is being tortured in the medbay, and Aurelio refuses to go along with it. Osiris proceeds to choke him out. Michael agrees to convince Book to help Osiris. It's a fakeout, though, and Michael quickly activates a quarantine shield and escapes with Book. She also overrides the comms and sends a coded message to Team Tilly to head to the nacelle and use an explosion to knock them out of warp. Back in the nebula, Saru tries to explain to Sukal about the outside world. Sukal demands to know why the Federation never came looking for him, like he believed they would. Saru tells him about the burn and pushes him to face his fears as both the hollows and the ship integrity are beginning to fail. Team Tilly builds a thermochemical bomb and slowly begins to asphyxiate as they move towards the nacelle. Eventually, Owo must take the bomb and the remaining oxygen alone to plant the explosive. She manages to get it in place and arm it, but falls unconscious. She is dragged to safety by a Zorobot, who is damaged in the process. Discovery falls out of warp, but it is tractored into the Viridian. Burnham fights her way to the computer core and engages Osira while Book and Zara fight it out in a turbo lift. Both Osira and Zara meet bad ends. Burnham reboots the ship and beams all the regulators off Discovery and calls the crew to the bridge. They eject the warp core, detonating it and destroying the Viridian from within, and Book uses his empathic powers to jump to the nebula. Sukal finally faces the door and shuts down the program. He then watches the last log entry, which shows him as a boy and his mother in her final moments. Upon her death, the younger Sukal's anguish sent a shockwave that rocked the planet and echoed into subspace, causing the burn. Discovery appears just in time to save the day as the ship collapses. In the ending narration, it is revealed that the Emerald Chain has fractured after the death of Osira. Trill has rejoined the Federation, and Navarre is in talks to do the same. Saru has taken a sabbatical to Kaminar to help Sakal build a life. Vance offers Burnham a promotion to Captain of Discovery, and a new mission, to help reconnect the Federation one planet at a time. Let's fly. Thanks, I hate it. Do you? I really did not like this episode. The, I loved the previous two in the arc. Like, it was all based on building up and then sticking to the landing and in my opinion the burn storyline just didn't i found myself not liking sukal 
like complaining and ranting and making jokes every step of the way. Like I, I hate the mom. I want the mom to be to be brought back to life so we could try her for crimes against humanity for letting that kid live. And the fact that he exists this way because of magic, they didn't go with the precedent in Star Trek three. You just made it a magical mystery tour. And the whole fight sequence between Burnham and the Emerald Chain with Book and the elevators. Why is it so big in Discovery? Like you look outside those freaking turbo lifts. It's like you're you're in a Doctor Who episode. Yeah, um, I was unaware that Discovery was dimensionally transcendental like the TARDIS. That's not, that, 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 that space does not exist in that space on the ship. Okay, so I think that Discovery somewhat stuck the landing, but I agree with your criticisms. They set up this mystery. They said nobody in the universe could solve it. Only Michael Burnham can solve it. And then when they actually showed the origin, it's like, oh, it's just that. And it didn't seem like that hard to figure out once you had some basic math. They, they, they made it so eh, lost opportunities all the way. Well, the good thing is that my original hypothesis on the burn was correct. A wizard did it. A wizard did it. And the wizard, his name is Sukal. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you and I both suspected as of two episodes ago that this was how it was going to go down. And you're right, they could have done more to you know, build it out and kind of make it a little more Star Trekky. Instead, it was just a sad child. You know what? It really was a Gary Mitchell situation, except Saru, you know, didn't have to. Yeah, and I was kind of disappointed because I really wanted him to. Honestly, though, the reason why they didn't off Sukal is Sukal is a plot device, essentially. Yeah, so to get Saru off the show, so Michael Burnham can be captain. So that Michael Burnham can be captain. The entire season, much like the last season, where it was just engineered to throw them into the future, a large portion of this season was engineered to have Michael be the captain at the end. So let's look at the map here. What we need to get done in order to make Michael Burnham captain of Discovery after everything she's done, and basically have Admiral Vance get down on his knees and beg her because she's the greatest superhero in the universe, in the entire universe, she's the greatest. So how do we get there? We get there by by making everybody else ineffectual. And usually I don't take this, this, this stance, especially with strong female characters, but it's the way they wrote her. It's like, stop. Like We're used to Star Trek being an ensemble. You know, and I've, I've said this a thousand times, and, it, and I feel like they were gearing there. They were going there. Every single time Team Tilly was on the screen, I'm there. I want that. Give me a show of that. And then how do we, we make everyone else incapable of solving the problem. And only Michael Burnham can solve it. Only. Through bad writing. Like, actual writing is bad to do that. Like, Michael Burnham deserves better. She deserves to have flaws, inconsistencies, and, and problems like everybody else. She deserves not to just be written as this single singly dimensional multi-dimensional character that's like telling and not showing and i love the actress i love her i i love her performance of michael burnham i love the character concept of michael burnham i just don't like the way they write her which is constantly the only one who can solve a problem and always the one at the end like after everything and how dangerous she is with the way she's so single-minded like she writes she doesn't quit but she doesn't play nice with others either sometimes 
And then Vance just being like, "What? Well, please just come work with us. I was wrong. There's more than one way that the Federation has to learn to be more like you, Michael Burnham. It needs to be more like you. I get what they were going for, but they just did it badly and they rushed it. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but I feel like they rushed that entire storyline. I agree. So this show has a lot of things going for it. It's got great effects, great visuals. It's got some really good characters that this season we actually got to learn a little bit more about. Pretty cool. We got a couple new characters this season. Also pretty cool. We love the new ship designs. We love the setting. We love, you know, the, the future future. The issue that this show comes back to season after season is they they have an idea of where they're going, but they always rush it. And you can kind of, and you see it. They put the wrong emphasis on Michael Burnham and the plot suffers for it, in my opinion. No, and you're, no, you're not wrong. I completely agree with that, all of that. And it's like you have these concepts, and I love all the characters. That's it, especially the characters that we got this season. All of them are amazing, and I want a show that really showcases them properly. Like, you know how I have a hard on for book. And, like, I'm pretty sure um, Kovic, you know, Glasses Man is the president. Like, the way he was talking to Vance at the end, and like, in, during the thing, I feel like he was asking for advice. So you do think he's the president because I kind of got that same vibe. Yeah, this vibe, this episode, I kind of, like, laid it out there. Like, okay, there is a president. We're not talking, we're not seeing him yet. And then he's he's standing there next to Vance dealing with this. So I'm pretty sure he is. We got a lot of great characters that I love. And the bridge crew got some nice moments to shine. But it's like they're scraps. They're giving us little scraps of things that we want expanded. And they're still doing the same thing with Michael Burnham. You know, in my opinion, what this season should have been, we should not have seen the Federation at all. This is when we should have seen the Federation for the first time. At the end of the season. Until then, it should have been a Wild West, Firefly-esque kind of like, where are we? What's going on? We're dealing with nomads and, and, and all the traitors and all the mercenaries. And we're, 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 we're seeing the Emerald Chain. And the Federation is so far away, you know, hiding from all this stuff, kind of consolidating what they do have. And it should have been Discovery trying to survive in all this mess and Burnham really becoming more like a Han Solo character, which we was she was doing in the beginning part of the season. That should have been the full arc. So when she did come back to the Federation in season four, it was like this long way around and like it would have been way more elongated. But I want to see more of the imperfections, the Giorgio version of Michael Burnham. It's like as soon as Giorgio left, Burnham's like, I am Starfleet officer forever now. She even said it in this episode. She said, we are Starfleet. Echoing back to the first season where they had that we're Starfleet moment after not being very Starfleety for like the entire season. But let's let's not harp on all the things that we didn't like. I love Grey. Okay. I love Grey. I don't know what magical bullshit they're doing. It's still magic. I love that he's in it. I love that he's obviously something of a life form that's not connected to Trill or whatever magic... Sh- I'm not going to say the word magic. I'm going to love it. I'm going to be positive. And I also have no idea what's going on with that because it doesn't really make any sense at all. Like this wouldn't even make sense in a Doctor Who episode. Yeah, it, it really doesn't make any sense at all. But I assume it's going to be an ongoing plot point going forward. The the, the quest to make Grey a real boy. Yeah, I guess so. Because I, I, And what bothers me is like I feel like Adira, other than handing out drugs 
to people had nothing to do in this episode uh, except to be a, a, a vehicle for Gray to show up and for us to have that emotional connection and then for Gray to do some scouting. Also, when Gray reached the edge of the photonic field, why is Gray still there? I had the same question. I, I guess because he didn't go past it, but he could see. I don't know. It didn't make that bugged me, too. The whole I mean, again, I love Gray. Happy to see you again, man. I love you so much. But nothing about your character now makes sense. And you just made it even because before it was just like a mental projection. OK, fine. I can accept it. That's fine. But you're talking like he's a separate individualized life form away from away from Adira. Why don't all the other tall hosts just pop up as holograms? I have no idea. This is, it's just weird, and I don't get it. And again, it's I'm so tired of Star Trek magic. So tired of it. I need science, please. Just quasi-science. Something that sounds sciency. I'm not asking for much. Just a little, a little, a little science with my magic potions, please. Issues aside, I really liked seeing Hugh and Gray together. That was beautiful. That moment where like Hugh looked down at him and was like, "You do have kind eyes," and, and gave him a hug. Like, and the way Gray responded. I mean, when that actor's on screen, it's just so lovely. It really is. And Hugh really became that other parent, you know, right then and there, who was just meeting this individual that he's heard about. Um, from from Adira for so long. So it's like, that was beautiful. And Hugh has experience being dead and coming back to life. So they've got a lot to relate on. We didn't get a good look at that creature and that creature ended up just being a symbol. I get it. I just feel like that was such a wasted opportunity. I was hoping that it would actually be Sukal's mom or like a, like a holographic representation of Sukal's mom. Sukal's mom or Sukal himself. I kind of wanted that to be Sukal. And, and, you know, what we see is to call being like uh, just a projection, you know, it's just like the two were actually one because we've established that the, that the hollow field is really playing. It can apparently do whatever the fuck it wants. Why? I just feel like it was a wasted opportunity and it, and it wasn't like he had to fight it or anything. There was no real moment that I felt like he really stood up to it. It was all done. It was just all done sloppily and slowly. No, but it was really cool effect, though, and it looked awesome. I just didn't feel like it meant anything at the end of the day. And I think how I felt about that creature is how I felt about the burn. At the end of the day, like, because of the way they did it, it didn't mean anything. It, 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 obviously, Sakal was allowed to go back to Kaminar and hang out and watch meteor showers, and great, wonderful. But, like, everyone should want to murder this kid. I want to murder this kid. And I shouldn't want to. And that's the tri- That's the problem. I shouldn't want to. I should be like, I'm on board with this kid. And I get it. He's been through a lot. Sukal aside and plot device status aside, I did like Doug Jones and Saru just like in how they were like relatable big brother dad to Sukal. I thought that was charming. The Saru element of it was is, is wonderful. Like, that doesn't bother me. And it's like, that's, I think that's why I get so bothered by all this because the performances aren't the issue and the beautiful moments that we get are, are valuable. But like, if you don't make it all come together, you know, then what's the point? It, it's, it, you lose something in the translation and all those beautiful moments kind of start degrading. So something that was not addressed directly in the episode 
but I think is, at least in my mind, without a doubt, Osira definitely has to have a mole. They didn't address it. They didn't bring it up. But, like, she knew exactly where, like, the shield admitters were on, like, in the Federation base. Like, how did she have all of this information? I don't know. And I feel like that was something that they should have gave us, unless it's going to be a huge thing in the next season. But Osira knew everything. Everything. About where everything was and how everything worked. So there's got to be a mole. Maybe Book is still the mole. Because at this point, I, I at this point, I don't think anything is legit about anything. They could change their minds in two episodes and be like, "Book's the mole now, and he always has been." All right, because character and plot consistency is not something that Discovery does well. Do you think it's kind of a shame that they gave away all of Stamets's screen time? Yeah, I mean, he had one purpose on this ship, and now Book has the job. So the only thing Stamets had to do at this episode, I mean, he did have a an amazing rant at the end of last one. So like that was very powerful. He had his moment, um, but he just to give Burnham a look. Also, we were right. And Navarre came to the rescue, but literally did nothing. Nothing. We didn't even get a good shot of the ships. That annoyed the hell out of me. And we didn't all this talk of Voyager, take the lead, do this one shot of the, of the, of, of that flight group would have just made all of us super happy. Give us a shot of Voyager Jay and the Vulcan attack group fighting on uh, against the, the Viridian. I don't care about anything in this show anymore. I mean, I do. I'm just really pissed off. Here's something I think we can both agree on. The new warp graphic. Pretty cool. It reminded me so much of classic Star Trek motion picture kind of era stuff, especially where they did the shot at the end like that. I just felt was old school original series star trek it was beautiful it was very reminiscent of that and i liked it i love the graphic i love the the angle i like i do like discovery and i like the way it looks now so much better than the original um i like the way that nacelles kind of like come up to it before it goes to warp it's beautiful but why were they going to warp at the end anyway weren't they jumping to another planet isn't that the point no they just wanted to they just wanted to do the graphic uh so i was wrong and Aurelio didn't end up killing Osira. Instead, he got choked out. And then he was awkwardly just hanging out with the bridge crew at the end of the episode. Yeah, I feel like like 20 minutes was ended up on the cutting room floor that really needed to be in this episode of like Aurelio kind of waking up and, you know, being like, no, I'm here to help. Because other than like, dude, you, you, you should be. I mean, I get you're an OK guy, but like based upon surface, you, you just you're on her side. You're still Emerald Chain. So what do we do with you? Are you Federation now? Like, what are you? We need to understand what the fuck you are now. Hey, he got choked out. So now he's on Team Federation. Uh, I just needed more. And that was when what I even said last time, like what this character needed in order to make this episode work in the last episode, even greater was more screen time um, from the Emerald Chain's perspective. And going back to what I said, this whole season needed to be, we needed to really get to know the Emerald Chain backwards and forwards in this whole thing. And it shouldn't have been about the Federation. No matter how much I love the Federation stuff that we got, this should have been about the Discovery navigating its way through Emerald Chain waters the entire time. And we should have had Aurelio uh, as, a, as a main reoccurring character, as, as powerful as Book throughout the process. And I think it, to get here... By that point, it would have been an amazing character journey. No, I agree. Um, they they really could have taken the plot of this season 
and stretched it out over two seasons and kind of built it out better. Yeah. It would have been amazing this season to finally get to the Federation. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, if that had been saved for the end, it would have been a crazy reveal. So Aurelio didn't end up killing uh, Osira. But Michael Burnham, we should have known, ends up headshotting her. Which is so stupid. I don't even know what that... That was the data core. What is that? Like, who designed that thing? She she gets smothered in something that's as 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 like a waterfall, but like data of Legos, like a, a Lego waterfall, because that's what I got from that, like a data Lego waterfall. It looked like she was being smothered with programmable matter. Um, why that's there, I don't know. Um, I guess just to look cool. And then I guess she thought that just putting her in that would have solved the problem. And then she turned away and let herself get shot in the head. That's stupid. That was stupid. Osira has shown herself to be smarter than that times a thousand by now. I wish that they had kept her alive just so that she could be like a reoccurring character because I really love the actress. Yeah, she was great. I really loved Osira. I kind of was, especially this episode, was definitely rooting for her at the end. I think it's safe to say we've also heard the last of Zara. Yeah, I think so. No one, I don't think he, no one's surviving that. He he took a spin on that the same way that, that one of those poor slubs took a, took a dive off of Titanic's deck and then spun off the propellers. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about the whole about the whole like dimensionally transcendental turbo lift shit. But I did really like book kicking the crap out of Zara and then yelling. She is a queen. Like that was pretty good. No, that was an awesome moment. Again, great micro horrible macro. And that moment was a great micro moment. It was just, she's a queen. It was just bold. It was beautiful. And like, goddamn, I was for it. Also, where the fuck is Linus? He was on the bridge at the end. He was, because I, I did not see. I'm going to have to watch it for a third time to see if he was, just so I can see. He didn't have a line. I was very sad. He didn't have a Linus. But yeah, I think uh, bottom line, you don't threaten a man's cat. No, you do not. If you threaten the pussy, you're going to get thrown out of a fucking elevator. <laughs> did you have the feeling momentarily that they were going to kill off Owo because they were giving her backstory? Yeah, I did. This is this is the OO moment. Yeah, they gave her backstory and then they were like, only you could do this and you have to do it alone. And I was like, oh, God, she's going to die. That's it. Game over. And she's like, goodbye, everyone. I love you all. Like when she said, I love you all. That was it. It was game over. And if I'm so happy they showed Reno repairing Zora at the end, because if if Zora died to keep that moment away, I would have a hard time judging about which who I wanted dead more or who I wanted alive more like. I want Zora to have her moment and I feel like that wasn't it. Like that can't be all this a hundred thousand years of sphere data personality in a small little bot. And then, okay, I just saved one crew member and that's it. One gripe. I will say one criticism that I have. Owo should have kissed Detmer goodbye. That would have been lovely. That would have been perfect. That would have been, that would have made my, cause again, team Tilly, that whole stuff. I was I'm on it. I have no criticism of any of that stuff that was going on with team Tilly. Loved it. Um, that would have been a great moment. It was good. It was good. It was so good seeing the bridge crew have personality and do things and be competent. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was the whole thing with Tilly's birthday? Have they known each other actively a year long enough for that to matter? Did we see that on camera or off camera? Was there a thing that happened? I mean, also, how much time has passed since they got here? Did this birthday happen in the future? A year is subjective. Was it a year from this time? And was it... What year was it? You know, like there's so many questions. It was a cute story and I'm I thought it was a effective like secret coded message, but 
yeah, again, it's, you know, moments that we haven't seen. Another instance of Discovery telling, not showing. I feel like we never had that problem in original Star Trek. Yes, we'd have the moments of like, well, back at the Academy, I always did this, but it always felt natural as part of the conversation. And again, Star Trek's anthology approach was like, whatever, we're going to give you everything we need to understand this short story that we're telling. So it works. Um, and here we have the more long con kind of a thing where we're telling a, 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 a larger story and we're sticking with these characters on a more personal level. Well, then you have to make those personal things consistent and you have to make them clear. It's like, granted you didn't have this problem in old star trek because you didn't have this format but if you can doing this format then you better take responsibility for it you can't be as generally bringing up random shit that happened off screen our main character literally just met these people the third episode of the first season and there hasn't really been a break it actually doesn't surprise me that everyone lived because this show even though i like it one of its issues is it's kind of it doesn't make those gutsier moves it pulls its punches. Even the random like bridge person that I assumed was a red shirt didn't die. And she actually has a name. And her name is Lieutenant Ina. And maybe we'll see her next season or maybe we won't. Well, we haven't. Was the blonde back? Because I feel like did she just leave the show and they just replaced her with the brunette? She was back at the end. So how did you feel about the book? The book X Machina? It's like, oh, that's what we've been building up to this entire time. I rolled my eyes. But I, I, I'll admit, like, maybe if I liked the episode more, I might have been more accepting and more like, yay, no matter how much I love book and I get it. And also in the fact that they didn't even use the graphic that we see when he does it, when he was using it, like the yellow energy speckles didn't pop up. There was none of that. Like, did you run out of a budget? They spent all the budget on the um, turbo lift scene. Yeah, I bet. I bet that horrible, encompassing, nonsensical turbo lift fight from total recall it looked yeah it looked cool but it made absolutely no sense zero sense the spatial it it doesn't make sense for that to be in that ship that way the ship is mostly elevator shafts apparently apparently it's fucking v'ger in there i will say if the federation has dimensional transcendental technology like the tardis it would make the holodecks make way more sense yes and while this is like a thousand years in the future and, and we know Discovery has been rebuilt, I mean, we have no precedent for it. So they should have established that, like good writers should do. How did you like the little tease about Book's mentor, also Cleveland Booker? I felt like it was like, all right, you know, you want to come back for season four? I know everyone's been talking about my name. I even There even was a conversation about it like six episodes ago. About, oh, I haven't heard that story yet, but you're going to get the story, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be disappointing. Here's a complaint I had. Why did they blow up the warp core? Why didn't they just jump? Because they wanted to blow up the ship and make it a cool effect. But beyond that, it, it, it just ejects it in a way like it's a wobbly elevator and it just hits the sides back and forth, back and forth. You know, the sensitive warp core, which is going to detonate and destroy everything within like a 20 light year radius, uh, is, it might might hit the sides and be detonated before it even gets out of the ship. So that is pre TOS technology. They just, you know, they didn't have Federation OSHA back then. Something that I, I kind of want to point out. Did the ending narration just kind of seem off to you? Do you think that they like... It feels to me like they cut some stuff out and then just used that narration to kind of smooth things over. Like, I feel like we're missing a scene where Saru is telling Michael that he wants her to take over Discovery and he's going to go back to Kaminar. 
I think there was a lot of things left on the cutting room floor here. I think this should have been a, a full like hour and a half episode. I think 20 minutes ended up on the cutting room floor. I, I, I believe that based upon missing character moments that should have been there. Aurelio is one of them. But also stuff with Osira. Um, I, I think there should have been more stuff with the Federated. Like, why are you getting Cronenberg for literally a, two two seconds? Like... I get we've established that we only use him once in a while in very small quantities, but like this is a finale, man. Like you needed to do something with that. I feel like there was a lot of stuff, even post battle when we all get back, like that was all left on the cutting room floor. And maybe it's because they're restructuring season four. So they want to like, oh, let's just save that for them. Let's just say that for them. Um, but whatever it is, I, I think the voiceover half made sense because you know, it's still all about connections, and yada, yada, yada. And the whole point was that uh, Sukal's big connection disconnected everybody. So now we connected to Sukal to reconnect everybody. And now it's about reconnection. And the next season is all about reconnection. So something was rewritten to make sure it all came together. Again, telling us, not showing us, what this whole season has been about. And now the next season is all going to be about the reconnection. I almost kind of wonder if originally this was written to be a series finale. Maybe. And thus everything had to be restructured. Honestly, like I, that was kind of the vibe I was getting. I feel like maybe the, maybe it was supposed to be just three seasons and maybe the show was going to end with Michael settled in the future, becoming a captain flying off into our own adventure I don't know. That was just a thought that I had. It was especially like when they played like the rearranged like TOS music at the end. I was like, was this, was this it? Was this supposed to be the end? A friend of mine who watched it uh, texted me. He loves it. He loved the way it ended. And he felt like that if that was a serious finale, then he'd be perfectly blissful about it. Sahil's back. He's a real member of Starfleet. I was in my notes. It just in all caps. Sahil, ah, like I was, I was super excited to see him because I really liked that character and we may never see him again after this season, but I'm glad that they came back around and touched on that. I'm so happy that he came back because he vibed like something special at, at that moment in time when we met him and then he was forgotten about and now he's Lieutenant. So yay. And also we found out that Daddy Vance is in fact a dad. It, he just kind of like pushed it off because he didn't want to talk about it. But I feel like there was like a, a fight there, you know, like Daddy Vance wasn't doing good to take care of the, of the family over there. So, yeah, he was he was too busy being a dad to the Federation and Starfleet. You know, he, he was neglecting his actual father duties. So show the wife or, or husband, you know, no, no judgment there, whatever the heck's going on. But um, pulled a Keiko and took took the kid and went back somewhere. Trill and maybe Navarre back. Yes, Trill is back. Trill is definitely back. They said that. Navarre, that is up for negotiations. That was nice to see them come back. So that'll probably be how we start, you know, Navarre negotiations. I'm upset that they brought back the actress for the the uh, Navarre president, and she didn't have any speaking lines. Or any moment with, with Saru, because that, to me, was some amazing chemistry. When she was talking with Saru, I, I loved every moment of it. They they did a they did a live long and prosper at each other, but yeah, no, nothing verbal. We couldn't hear anything. I kind of wonder though. I think that scene, that brief scene right before the Navarre president shows up, 
you can see Michael and Saru talking to each other. And I kind of I kind of wonder if like originally that scene, you could hear the audio and they just decided to go with narration. Yeah, like maybe that was the tail end of a larger scene between Saru and Michael. Perhaps. So Saru is gone. He's on sabbatical with Sukal. We had to get rid of Saru in order to make sure that Michael became captain. But he's not. They haven't gotten rid of him forever because he's apparently coming back in season four and we're getting him full time in some capacity. Maybe he'll be the first officer or he'll have his own ship. We can talk. We can talk about your your favorite part now, if you want. So finally, we got a new change of uniform, and it got the beautiful pop and circumstance that deserved those shots, the lighting, everything. And I'm not saying I'm totally in love with these uniforms. I love them. Like I, I don't love them as much as I love the DS9 or the or the the next generation later movie uniforms. But my God, it's so nice to see them out of that stupid blue gold bullshit. Uh, the blue and silver, the blue and gold, the blue and copper. Who is really taking the time at a distance to know the difference between copper and gold? Like, really fucking God's sake, thank you so much for finally changing the uniforms and everyone putting in Everyone looks like a Federation now. How they got away with just hanging around for months and months and months without changing their fucking clothes and uniforms. Like, oh, well, just give them time. You know, they're from the 22nd century. They probably need emotional time to change clothes. Seriously, you're all part of a joint Federation. Everyone should be wearing the same thing. All the regular Leaders looked exactly alike. They were all CG'd or motorcycled up or Mad Max up, all looking exactly alike. Why, 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 why? Why did it take us this long? Just so we could have this moment, I bet. Oh, that's right. Just to have this lovely moment. So we could finally have everybody as part of it. Because the world is not right. And everyone can finally get a change of clothes the moment Michael Burnham gets to be captain. So, yes, I knew you were going to be the most happy about this. Best thing that happened in this episode by far. New captain, new uniforms. I hope the first mission is to take those old uniforms and to put them on a volcano planet. Don't make a short trek about it. I would. That would be amazing. Why is Tilly still in science? I thought she was uh, in command. I thought she was working on her command stripes. Also, why didn't they promote her? Like, yeah, she lost the ship, but she also got the ship back. Like, I don't know. Feels like she shouldn't be an ensign anymore. Did you notice that Adira has joined Starfleet and is now an ensign? They're accepting into their into their ranks that was wonderful but you're right i agree with that tilly should not be she should be lieutenant at this stage of the game after all that at the very least she should be lieutenant uh tilly had one of my favorite lines and deliveries in this entire thing which was uh, and if you need it that's an order you know the hand gestures everything when 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 she would when she was passing the buck to burnham that was i liked that delivery a lot it was just the right amount of sass just the right amount of sass. Like, it was great. And it was also, I felt like the actress was also going like, oh, don't worry, we all knew you were going to get it. Just just take it. We finally did it. We finally made it to the place we've always been going to. The three-season arc, apparently, of the show. Michael Burnham is captain of Discovery. Michael Burnham is captain of Discovery. It took a real long way around, and she didn't even want the job, and then she left. But thankfully, a man-child whose scream can destroy the entire fabric of the universe came and she was able to save the day. Are you at all excited about her being captain next season? Under one pretense, because this is what keeps rolling around in my head. So let's, let's talk about the possibilities for next season. I know we're on a mission from, you know, God to go to every planet in space, wearing sunglasses, delivering dilithium. That being said, this is an opportunity since now our main character after three seasons, which the whole concept of the show was about like having it not be the captain, 
our main character now, again, is the captain of the ship. So maybe we can actually have some Star Trek style storytelling. Because this is a familiar template. We don't have to like go all the way around to like not have the attention circle around the captain. Now it can go around the captain. So that that gives me a little bit of hope that maybe they rely on more familiar templates to tell stories and not rely so much on this weird fantastical way of telling them because they don't do it well. Yeah, I will say that if the mission of next season is Discovery going to different planets and reconnecting the Federation, like there's a lot of good storytelling that like a lot of good like classic Trek storytelling that could come out of that because we could we can pull from anywhere in the Trek canon. We can visit worlds that we've been to, to before, worlds we've never heard of. And, you know, it inherently doesn't have to have a season-long arc. Like, it could be a more episodic, fun, just light continuity between episodes type show again. It could. I don't think it's going to be. And that's fine either way. But I am excited by the premise. Yeah, I'm excited by the premise too. I'm excited by the possibilities that could be, but I'm, I, you know, I want them to, I don't want to abandon the long-term storytelling. Like I want that to be tighter. I want them to do it better. Um, I, it's not like I load the, the template. I just feel like, you know, it's like you learn to learn to crawl first before you learn how to run. You know, it's like what you're trying to do in this was very boldsy and, and, and requires a lot of, of smart, intelligent, well, you know, good writers who know how to do a long-term storytelling and put things in the right order and showcase the right things and balance out your characters. So let's, let's, let's learn how to do some of those things. And then you can start growing up a little bit and, and maybe get access to like longer storytelling. Like, so let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's tell some episodics, have some, some small connections between it all. And then we can grow up again and maybe do what they wanted to do in the first place. You know, you have, all this Star Trek coming out, I, I I want all of it to be great. I want all of it to be amazing. And I want Michael Burnham to be the character I know, you know, she is and what's intended to be. Um, but just let her grow into the role. You know, let her be Optimus Prime. Let let her let her be this amazing character that's always gonna be there to defensive everybody. And now that she's captain, okay, maybe we can do it without it being so contrived. My thing is, if she's captain, does that mean that she gets to stay on the bridge more and not go out and save everyone's problems? Like, can if she's in control, if she's, you know, running the show, can we have other characters go do things independent of Michael Burnham? I hope so. I hope like she's able to say, like, all right, we need people to beam down. Tactical officer, who are you, by the way? You've had three lines this entire series. Go do stuff, tactical guy. You know, stuff like that. Be nice. The majority of Star Trek is in previous treks has been like ninety percent bridge, ten percent, you know, um, engineering. When we're actually on the ship, maybe they can actually have Stamets do engineeringy stuff. Yeah, and not just be like the guy who goes into the pod. Like I, we haven't even really seen engineering, like from a perspective of like the warp core. You know, I feel like we we only do the mycelial network uh, set space. So there's a lot of room to make this more like. Star Trek. They still need to hire people who know a little bit about science and not people who have spent the majority of their time watching Game of Thrones. Listen, I I know that you had some issues with the episode, a lot of issues with the episode. But in the end, since we got new uniforms, 
wasn't it kind of worth it? Yes or no? <laughs> You're like, shut up. Don't rant. Just yes or no. Was it worth it because we got new uniforms? Yes, it was worth it. I can accept that. <laughs> I, I do want to end this by saying, in a very real sense, we are all aliens on a strange planet. We spend most of our lives reaching out and trying to communicate. If during our whole lifetime, we could reach out and really communicate with just two people, we are indeed very fortunate. Gene Roddenberry. It was a beautiful, beautiful end title card. And I feel like it goes to your theory that maybe this might have even been uh, a series finale. Because I feel like that is that is a closer um, statement. And a beautiful one at that. So it was, a, it was a lovely way to close it out. It did give me chills to read. So that was beautiful. And it, so it wasn't just the uniforms. That also made me smile. Also, thumbs up or thumbs down on Let's Fly? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs yeah, up. I, I'm going to agree with that. I think I'm going to like Michael Burnham as a captain because they've been treating her like a captain the entire time anyway. So now she'll actually fit more in the role. I'm hoping that they're just like, all right, this is how it should have been from the beginning. We should never have made her a ensign junior grade at the beginning of the show and magically work her way up. She should have just been captain to make this show work. So there we are. We'll see. I'm excited to see what happens next, despite my snarky cynicism. Honestly, though, this podcast wouldn't be this podcast without your cynicism. So I'm glad that that's something that we can continue to count on going forward. I promise you it'll still be there regardless of anything. And I say it all with humor because I do really love and I say it a lot. I do really like Michael Burnham as a character. I just want them to be better writers. She deserves better writers. No argument from me. So we'll be back for season four? Yes, I'll be back for season four and the six other uh, thousand Star Trek shows that are coming in the next foreseeable future. All right, so follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Trek In Pod, and feel free to send us any questions, concerns, comments, complaints at thetrekinpod at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. Thank you for listening, and we'll trek in with you next time. Hailing the frequencies closed. Good night.